This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. First Corinthians chapter 12. The Spirit of God is still touching people. And if it gives me any alert, I will announce whatever the Lord is saying. I want to start from verse 4. Before we take our seats. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same. We've been talking about that for a while, right? Verse 5. Um, and there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And then verse 6. And there are diversities of operations. So the gifts operating in you might be different from the way to operate in somebody else. And it's the same gifts. Because I want to talk about prophecy this morning. I, I know I started working some miracle. Don't worry. We will just move as we are led. Verse 7. <laughs> but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to pastors. How many people? Everybody. Every Christian can walk in it. Now the next verse. So one is given by the spirit word of wisdom to another word of knowledge by the same spirit. To another, next verse, faith by the same spirit to another gift of healing by the same spirit. Then to another working of miracles to another prophecy. Amen. Amen. Let's stop there for a while. First Corinthians 14. We'll soon have our seat. Let's just read 1 Corinthians 14. Alright. Verse 1. Follow after charity. Is anybody bearing down in their charity? We should follow you. That's what the Bible says. <laughs> follow after charity. So somebody is thinking of getting married to is it for lack of charity? There's an answer in God's word. Follow charity. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you may prophesy. Next verse. Please be patient with me to read before. We... For he that speaketh in a known tongue, speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understand him, albeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. Next verse. But he that prophesies speaketh unto men to edification. What's the next word there? And what's the third one? Everybody say class one of prophecy. Can I have your see? God bless you. Hallelujah. The Bible says anyone who prophesies, who gives out a prophecy, it speaks three things. That means there is a prophecy. That the scope is within exhortation, edification, and comfort. That is class one. Now, Apostle Paul began to speak of two things here. There is a gift of prophecy. But he also said that you can pray and desire to prophesy. Then Paul spoke also... Of a gift called gift of tongues. 
Why we must explain this is some people have thoughts. Why I don't speak in tongues? I don't have gift of tongues. There are two things involved when it comes to tongues. Later in this chapter 14, Paul said, I pray in tongues more than you all. There is tongue as a prayer language and there is tongue as a spiritual gift. Do you get what I've just said now? There is prophecy as an office. There is prophecy as a gift and there is prophecy that every Christian can use. Do you get what I've just said now? So, in Ephesians chapter 4, the Bible lists over there, where you see it, there are five offices there that are listed in that place. Apostle, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. If we start from verse 12, 13, he said, and he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers. We call them five-fold ministry. If you join this with 1 Corinthians 14, the fact that you prophesy does not mean you are a prophet. I don't know what I want to say. Now, the tongue that is a gift, we always need interpretation. The tongue that is a prayer language does not always need interpretation. For instance, if, the, if we begin to have the move of the Spirit here and the anointing is very strong in worship, somebody might begin to speak loud in tongues. Now, that doesn't happen to many people. It has not even happened to me before. That is the gift of tongue. That's one. Either you tell the person to shut up or somebody else must interpret it. Do you get what, are you getting what I'm saying? It is different from me waking up in the morning and praying in tongues. Once I'm baptized in the Holy Ghost, I can pray in tongues at will but the gift of tongues is as the spirit wills it. I don't know. Danny, but I don't, is, that, is that clear enough? Are you sure? Amen. So every day you can wake up and be praying in tongues. When you are still your spirit, you can pray in tongues. But when it is, the, that is prayer, that is uh, tongues in prayer. But if it's a gift of tongue, it will only happen as the Holy Spirit wills. Just like you cannot just prophesy the gift part of prophecy as you will. But you can prophesy as you will. I don't know. <laughs> Did you get what I'm saying? Praise the Lord. If the first class of prophecy says, it is for edification, comfort, and exhortation. I can say, dear sister, I feel led. I'm just here to tell you. It's going to be all right. The Lord will visit you. She's saying it. <laughs> the Lord will make a way for you. I am comforting her. I am edifying her. Did you get what I'm saying? Now, it is also possible. Now, I might have just said that to her after praying. Because as a Christian, I believe I have something to offer. Now, it is different from when the Holy Spirit gives me a revelation for her. And I am saying exactly what the Spirit of God wants me to tell her. That, dear sister, yesterday God opened my eyes and I saw this. Or I'm speaking that, you know what? 
the Lord has a message for her and I begin to give her the message. Here is the difference and I want you to pay attention. One is coming from your spirit. One is coming from the Holy Spirit. Did you get that? If you are walk with God, there is an anointing. <laughs> okay. Oh Lord. I don't know if somebody gets what I'm saying. So, prayer language in tongues. Um, once you are baptized in the Holy Ghost and you pray, so you can do that at will. But tongue as a prophecy. So, you might be praying in your room one day. You will always know when the other one is happening. It has never happened to me in the public, but it has happened many times in the room that I lose control and I know that this is no more me praying. This is the Holy Ghost saying something in another language through me and many times it will tell me the interpretation. Now, that interpretation many times is actually equal to prophecy at another level. Is somebody getting me? But I'm going to two things. See, whatever you see in the Bible, there are always cadres to it. For instance, there are different prophets in the Bible. Isaiah prophesied about the nations of the earth. But Isaiah did not raise the dead or perform so Isaiah's type of prophets, prophets who see future, not of an individual, of a nation. So it was Isaiah that said that a virgin shall conceive. Isaiah 96. Isaiah spoke many things about what is happening now. But Isaiah did not perform miracle like Elijah and other prophets who will actually command the widow stone to be brought back to life. They brought bread to Elijah and they were not enough and supernaturally multiplied the bread. The ass head went down. Supernaturally, he brought a metal up the water. Isaiah didn't do all that. Jeremiah didn't do all that. I don't know whether you get what I'm saying. So to one is giving prophecy to speak what shall happen. To another one as a prophet also is giving ability to give back to the supernatural. And they are both prophets. Now also Elijah did not write a single prophecy about the future. And he did not write a book in the Bible. Everything we read, we read about Elijah now. Someone else wrote about him. Isaiah wrote 66 chapters. Elijah did not write any chapter. Elijah did not write any chapter. Yet they are all prophets. I get what I'm saying. So a prophet can be called to minister to people. It can come to your house. Now, we are going to get to the excess and some of the things about this. And never listen to a prophet that you don't know. It's dangerous. But maybe we'll be talking about hazards of this thing. We'll begin talking about some of these things. Some people kneel down for anybody to pray for you. I feel sorry for you. I told you before. Somebody says, you're going to have an accident. I said, we pray for you. The day you obey that person, you have come under his control. When he tells you to do something that you don't do it, the accident will happen. Not because God planned it. That suits saying spirit at work. Or you submitted yourself to it. All those prayer people join all that. They don't know. See, be careful don't do Christianity the way God has not said you should do it. What I said now, we are not people listening to me now. Because that is like what I can call a promiscuous spirit. You know to be here and there, all prayers and everything. God does not touch lives anyhow. Plant something, remove a plant, remove a plant, it will never grow. And this is the life of many Christians in Nigeria. There is a pastor for afternoon. There is a night prophet. Then there is the prophet of their mother. Then there is office prophet, professional one. 
they are different people. And you begin to, is God this complicated? Is that how your God is? Because you think that when you go here and there, you are more protected. You are protected by staying in one place. The wisdom of God is contrary to the wisdom of men. We gain this thing from African idolatrous background. That's why many people do have bonus until you give them an object to hold. There's not one praying over an anchor. I'm sorry. So people, they, they, are, they have come there's only when the anchor is in their pocket. You are, then when they steal the anchor, you are in trouble. If you understand the Bible, God prefers the invisible. You have never seen the Holy Ghost when he lives inside you. God won't see that way that you should not think of anything physical. I don't know whether somebody's hearing me. You open your Bible to Sam and put it under the pillow. When Satan shows up, he first of all close that Bible before beating you. Why do you suppose a printed page will send Satan away? If I do this, I'm not sinning against God. I am just being careless with it. Because the Bible has said that the letter kill it. So I can't be wrong dropping something that kills. It is by the only ghost that interpret the word. The letter itself is of no except to add to your knowledge. But as you read and you let the Spirit guide you, then you get something from God's word. Don't be superstitious. Like many Africans are. Are you following me? So it's important who prays for you and who puts his hand on your head. What is going on in the post like I begin to go on your life? But most importantly, in the school of the spirit, once you let that happen, you are under the control of that person. I've told you before, there is nobody that can pray better with you than people in the prayer department of your church. Simple. God believes in families. That's why I was not born in your family. You were not born in my family. Every one of us born into family. That's God's plan. Are you getting what I'm saying? Praise the Lord. Oh. Anyway, so there are different types of prophets. Because the anointing when it comes, it moves in different ways. But I want to press in deeper into this thing that is called prophecy. Ezekiel 37. A scripture you well know. Because I want to show you two things here. That's that, the same way I started with two things. Tongue as a prayer language. Tongue as a gift. Prophecy as a gift. Prophecy as what you can come from your spirit in form of edification, comfort, and exhortation. I get what I'm saying. The same way, there is what is called foretelling in prophecy. And there is what is called foretelling. F-O-R-E. Foretelling. F-O-R-T-A. Foretelling. So, when a person is prophesying, either he is foretelling something or foretelling something. Now, foretelling is what the Holy Spirit reveals to you and you say to people. And I'll give the example here. Foretelling is according to the capacity of your spirit. Mm. <laughs> When the glory falls, there will be no word to say. 
Thank you, Lord Jesus. Romans chapter 12. Let's start with the first one. Romans 12. You understand in a moment now why we are going through all these things. Because of a statement Paul made the first one time for that you cannot prophesy. But I want to show you ramifications or dimensions of it. Now, let's start from verse 2 or 3. 3, verse 3. So I beseech them, brethren, by the mercy of God, the praise of God, as eleven, said, only accept of God, which are reasonable worship. Do not be conformed to this, or be transformed. Then he started saying something later. Let's start from, um, yes. For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Now, next verse. Pay attention to that word, the measure of faith given to every man. We are many members, not one day. Next verse. So we be many. Next verse. Having then gift differing according to the grace that is given. Say so God gave everybody a measure of faith. Having gift that, that differs, yours is different from mine. He said, whether prophecy, this is very important. Let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. God has given everybody faith. Where you want to prophesy. Now, Paul is talking here about foretelling, not foretelling. For foretelling, F O R E, you don't need faith. If God shows up now and then just tells you that say this, that Nigeria will win World Cup, you don't need, if the Lord reveals something to you that it will rain tonight. Or God says to you that this lady beside you we actually get married next year and have triplets. Do you want triplets? <laughs> or you want twins? Okay. Hallelujah. Don't be shocked if she gets married next year and she has twins. Hallelujah. I hope you like twins. Praise God. But you don't want triplets. <laughs> Are you with me? Glory to God. So, now, if God reveals to this man that this and this will happen with this lady and that this brother on Monday, he will get promotion. Either he hears an audible voice that says, tell him he will have promotion tomorrow. He doesn't need much faith. It's coming from a source higher than him. It's a revelation given to him. His job is just to announce. Is that clear? But Paul is saying there that if it, if it comes to prophecy, there is a type of prophecy that you can only prophesy according to the proportion of your faith. If there were to be foretelling, proportion of faith wouldn't be necessary because I'm just to announce whatever God says to me. But that means there is another type of prophecy where you are given, it's like what they call impress in office. When you are anointed, especially when you are a prophet, when you are anointed and you are a prophet, part of impress given to in the spirit is ability on your own to say certain things and God will endorse it but you cannot say beyond what your faith can carry I don't understand are you getting what I'm saying that means in this second category of prophecy capacities they matter if you say something beyond your capacity so if the impress allocated to your office is 40,000 and you go order for something that is 400,000 you embarrass yourself so when they will say that someone like Ayo Babalola, 
pa yo babola and even pa obadare we look at woman and say madam hello go and get pregnant and come next year that you will have your child next year they did not necessarily they did hear from god they spoke to the women according to the proportion of their faith being a prophet because the bible has said that god confirms the words of his messenger so there must be an endorsement once it does not go beyond the allocation that is allocated to your spirit man now you too can begin your journey as a prophet now but your own capacity is still is still very low if you go and tell the woman i shall have a son next year. god help you i think that's what i'm saying so i am there are things i say to people from my spirit i just know that the capacity is available but there are things i cannot say except the lord tells me to say that are you get what i'm saying so but there are some other men who can say higher things and the lord will sign because their location their spirit man has more capacity like that some of the fathers of faith so i cannot yet talk like some of them amen People will sit before Pai Yobabola dead. He will just look at them. He will not let you finish what you are saying. He will say, go and see miracle. Now, madam, is that all? That by the time you get home, the problem will not be there again. Not because he has heard from God. He has spoken and an angel must follow to execute that word. That's fourth telling. Are you get what I'm saying? Praise the Lord. But for the foretelling, anybody, so many people prophesying the Bible that did not even have business prophesying. It, something was revealed to them, they just announced it and it became prophecy. So if you go and lie down and God shows you tomorrow that something will happen in America and it's a clear revelation, you don't need faith. Just say, ah, the Lord showed me yesterday this will happen in America and it will happen. And God is still showing people like that things. But that is foretelling. I'm, I, I want to be sure because this Bible story. Did we all get what I'm just saying now? Now, this is what I'm going to say, and this is where I begin to draw the curtain. See, the more you fellowship with the Holy Spirit, the stronger your capacity becomes. Now, whether forth telling or foretelling, the more you work with God, the more. Now, when the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14 that you can all prophesy, it has a lot to do with this second one. Oh God. Beyond giving a word to people, you can even begin to prophesy to yourself. Now, what power is in prophecy? When a mountain will refuse to move in any way, when prophecy, when it gets to prophetic dimension, all mountains will... So Ezekiel was taken to see a dry bone, and the Bible said they were very dry. Ezekiel 37. And they were in an open valley. And God said, can this bone live? At times, this is how you bypass your little faith and cause great and mighty things to happen. Prophecies are powerful men. But it is inspired by the Spirit of God. Let me show you something. Um, 2 Kings chapter 6, the last three verses, and then we'll read into chapter 7. When the glory comes, there will be no one to save. This is holy moment. Oh, 
So then he said, God do so more and more to me. If the head of Elisha, the son of Shaphat, shall stand on him this day. Man, brother, you need this dimension. I will continue next week. Maybe we'll end it there somewhere. Even though that we have not even thought part of it. But this time I might go to another topic. But pay attention. This is the king talking. Threatening Elijah. Elisha. There was famine in Samaria and people started boiling. If you have read that part, by the way, people are boiling their children to eat. And the king said, why do we have a prophet, Sam? He said, I swear, if Elijah sleeps tonight, God, kill me. I'm going to waste him. Next verse. Chapter 7. Uh, but Elisha sat in his house and the elders sat with him. Immediately the king issued that word in the palace. The gift of word of knowledge kicked him. Elisha sat in his house. Now, he was not at the palace when the king said to his servant that he said, I have to kill Elijah today. Elisha today. He sat with the elders, but he was so accurate in the spirit that he could pick it. The king sent a man from before him, but before the man came close, <laughs> Elisha said to the elders, See ye how this son of murderer are sent to take away my head. He even knew the kind of death we were praying for him. And was not in the palace. He said, when the messenger comes, please shut the door against him. And hold the door. The sound of his master is behind him. Now, let's read on. While he was talking with them, truly the messenger came and he said, behold, this evil is from the Lord. Why are we waiting for the Lord? You are the prophet. Let's go kill you. As if it was one that caused the famine. Next verse. Every nation, where people are hungry, start blaming churches. I want to see that trend. Yes. There are beer parlors in Lagos now that Friday night, they block road. Nobody says anything. When they see cars in church, they call us religions and begin to say things. And some Christians are gullible enough to listen to this junk coming. I have never seen a critic on Facebook who drove past beer parlor and said, all this money they are using to buy beer, buy beer, they are not building factory. It is when we are worshipping Jesus that they feel that the time we are using to worship Jesus should be devoted into building factory. And as if we are meeting here on Sunday, stores factory from developing. Very stupid way of thinking. In the next 14, all of you are out of your way. To, how, do we, how does our worship Jesus stop development of factory? It's a very, very eroded, demonic way of thinking. And when they say, so people nod their head also. Say, you see, Nigeria is not because it's religion, religion. Go to Dubai, you'll see mosques on every street. Did this stop development? The, church, the nation with highest number of churches is still America and it's still number one nation in the world. Don't be a fool by interpreting nonsense. They just come and start to, and people believe somebody. Rubbish, they say. Dubai have not forsaken their religion. Yet, they rose from third world up there. And when you still go there, you see mosque everywhere. Many of you have been there before. So, we worshipping religion, people going to church or going to mosque, going to wherever, has nothing to do with. Monday through Friday, all of you are out there. But you see, it's a trend. 
once something goes, we just start thinking that church, you know, church. We are the softest, softest, you know, we are very soft, so it's very easy to hit church. Because Jesus is the only one that does not retaliate. Because some other people, when you talk about their people, <laughs> you know where we come from. But Jesus is so gentle that anybody can insult him and insult and then begin to talk. People just enjoy and start talking. And it's true, Jesus is gentle, he won't do anything. Neither will his people do anything. <laughs> Hallelujah. Then Elisha said, Hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus hear the Lord. Tomorrow about this time. Can I ask you a question? When did God talk to him? God didn't talk to him. Danger talked to him. When he saw sword. <laughs> you see, all this while they were hungry in town. The prophet did nothing. When the king said, How come it one day the king said, Go and cut off his head? The prophecy jumped out. He just told the elders, I said, guys, this guy said, show and kill me. He said, hold the door. Maybe when they were holding the door, the guy was pressing, about to come in. He said, hear the word of the Lord. What was he looking at till a woman boiled her son and ate? But now, son coming, the word Lord jumped out. He said, about this time tomorrow. And it happened. Now, if you study Elisha's ministry, he did this thing many times. When they brought food that was not enough, he said, serve the people. He said, it will be enough. He said, for those here, the Lord. He said that many times. Because the double portion of Elisha's spirits was upon him. And he knew that whatsoever he said. When Elisha was going to the mountain, and young boys, about 42 of them, were mocking him. They were actually they were actually youths, actually not young children, youths. And they were saying that go up, bald-headed man, because he was bald-headed. And they were abusing the Bible said he looked at them and he rebuked them in the name of the Lord. And two beer came out and tore 42 of them into pieces. Where did the beer come from? Where were they before that when the boys sat down all day long? Beers did not come out. Prophecy can bring nothing to something. You see, all around you, there are answers in invisible form. Oh God. When Samuel met Saul and he poured the oil on him for Samuel fed, he said, as you go, these men will meet you coming down from the mountain and they will give you gifts. He mentioned three people that I will meet and he met all of them. Prophecy has power to bring something from the spirit into reality. When you start praying, and at times the obstacle before you is so strong, switch to prophecy. And I might begin talking about the practical step in doing so tomorrow. Of course, one of the steps that you need to start praying. But it gets to a level where the Lord takes over. And what is bolting out of your mouth is not prayer request. It's no more confession. Now it has turned to be prophecy. At that level, the prophecy, it doesn't fail. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes, Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. There are people listening to me this morning. You will on your floor in your room announce some things about yourself in 2024, June, July, and it will happen as you have said it. You will use your mouth to upgrade yourself. 
several times where you are and it will happen. It's not going to come from your mind. It's going to come from your spirit. It will not come from your mind. It will come from your spirit. How powerful is this thing? Let's read Ezekiel 37 now. Maybe I'll stop with that. Ezekiel 37. So he saw these bones and they were very dry. And God said, son of man, can these bones live? At that level, God did not say, Ezekiel, pray about this bone. This is beyond prayer. He said, look at the bones and prophesy. And Ezekiel said, son of man, can this bone live? And answer, oh Lord God, thou knowest. In other words, I don't know. They cannot live. But if I say they cannot, now you might kill me. That was Ezekiel said that. Because the guy that said that if God will make windows in heaven, will this thing be? He died. So he must have read that story. So when the Lord said, Can they live? In other words, I know they cannot live. But if I say they cannot now, I can die like that guy. So let's use wisdom. He said, Well, you are the Lord. You should know why you're asking me. And the Lord said, Well, if Ezekiel believed, he would have answered that, Yes, Lord, they can live. So I believe he did not believe. But the Lord said, at times, are you trying to use faith for something? And your faith is falling before that thing because somehow inside you, you don't exactly believe that it can happen that fast. I think I started this on Wednesday. Everybody on earth that is a Christian, even non-Christian, everybody believes in God's ability. What we don't believe is God's readiness and willingness. Even if I walk out of the church now and I stand on this road and I ask anybody passing by, can God give you one billion error tomorrow? There's nobody that will say God cannot do it. What Christian must everybody God now change the question. Will God give you one billion error tomorrow? Are you sure you have one billion? Are you so sure that you can give me your car now without knowing that since one billion is coming tomorrow, you can buy 100 others? Then even you will see men of God say, ah, sorry. Why? We believe God can, but we don't believe God will. Will he do it now? Ah, I know he can do it, too, but will he do it for me? Can I have my property before Friday? When we say it on people, you can shout amen, but your mind will sabotage it. That you don't think it can happen. When you pray against an ailment, and faith wants to rise to your other boy. You know you wake up in the morning and you will never see this disease again. But your mind will tell that you've seen it all your life. Forget about it. This mind can be a very strong enemy because it's a realist. It will tell you that someday you have lived it for 32 years. And you think it just vanished like that? I get what I'm saying. So God said to Ezekiel that, well, I know your problem. This is what you are going to do. He said, prophesy. Let's stay with that scripture. And he says, say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. There is a crescendo that prayer gets to. That the Holy Spirit begins to speak the mind of God through your mouth concerning your life. Now, this is not a real thing. This is not you announcing by flesh. This is your spirit man picking something from the Holy Spirit and announcing it from your mouth and with your mouth. When that happens, nothing stops that word that has gone out of your mouth. It will gather anything necessary to come to pass. Amen and brethren, I want to tell you that this is where I'm going all this while. 
the purpose of speaking in tongues is actually to get you into this move. But many people never get there. They just pray in tongues and keep quiet and stop. You can pray in tongues and worship to the point. See, when you play a worship song in your room and you are lying down on your bed, you are trying to prepare an atmosphere. At the beginning, you are the one flapping your wing to fly. Later, the wind carries you. When this wind of the spirit carries you, authority will go out of your mouth. You will not know. You would have said for the matter. They just say that. And what you have said will stand in the spirit as a decree because it's a word of prophecy. This way will bring rivers into wilderness in our life. This way will cause war to fall in our lives. This way will make an advancement that does not make sense. That men will wonder how did it happen. This is how we do it. That was why what Paul saw and he said, you can all prophesy. It is the same chapter where Paul said that I also said, I speak in tongues more than you all. That means speaking in tongues is connected to this thing. There are things I cannot mention in the open. I prayed in tongues to the point that I saw somebody, not physically, in my spirit, that he responded with an amount I needed then. The anointing was so strong. This somebody that, imagine you have not spoken to in seven years. And as I was wiping my face, getting ready after prayer, the apostle called and said that, I want to send this. The apostle was someone in the spirits. Yes. Was it two nights ago or last night? Thursday, Friday, I'm not, I can't even remember when. But when some days are deep, I don't even remember exactly. I was talking with Pastor B and Pastor Billy. And the word Lord came to the three of us at the same time. In form of a very strong warning. He said, in your assembly, testimonies are very low. And he said, I'm not happy. I told them what led to it. There was a time early last year, was it, there was a time last year, that I asked on Saturday all the singles who desire to marry and all the pregnant people who are married but yet to have a child, trusting God to come. You know, even me, I didn't remember. Where is this service? I was going. During the service, I just ran into a lady. So I carried the daughter or the child. I don't know that. Uh, and I just remember. So I keep, I play with her and I give the boy. Then I went away. But after a while, I just realized that. I just remember when she came out that day and she was prayed for. Then I see, I, rem, I just saw out of the singles that came out that day, there must have been 16 of them married. Another 16 in relationship. 
And the Lord said, how many of them wrote the testimony? We even told not to put their name. And the Lord started showing me things. It was so deep that I made a covenant with God. So that there can be a release of whatever God is, whatever is hanging. Mercy encounter this Saturday is called Chronicles of Testimony. Everybody write 11 outstanding testimonies of your life and we are going to drop it on the altar here on Saturday. That's all. All over the world, Christians are used to writing re prayer requests. But the Bible says, count your blessing. People will have more miracles if they were mind. Ah. What is in Hebrews 11 that says that if they were mindful of the city they came out of, they would have had the opportunity of returning there. It's a very powerful scripture. Hebrews 11 was one of the verses there talking about Abraham. But they were looking for a city whose maker and builder is God. If you see the scripture projected, look, Hebrews 11. For they look for a city. Go to verse before. By faith. I want what he said. If they were mindful of the city where they came out from, they would have returned their plea. They look for a city where they were mindful of the city where they came out from. It's one of the verses. If you see it, just let me know which verse. Verse 15. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from where they came out, they might have had the opportunity to have returned. While you study the Bible at times, there is what the Bible says literally, but there is also what you can get from it. Eliminate all the other, just remove some words there and leave some keywords. There is a principle in this verse. They came out of a city. And the Bible says, if they were mindful of the city they came out of, they would have returned there. So if I want to return to a city where I came out from, I have to be mindful of the city. If I want to reproduce a testimony, be mindful of the previous testimony. This was David's principle in bringing down Goliath. He said to the king, I kill lion and bear. Goliath will fall the same way. And Goliath fell down. If there is a mountain standing before you in your life that you don't know the way around, think of something that once happened in the past that looked hopeless, but somehow God built you out. There's nobody that in the mercy of God he has not planted a seed for future miracle in your life already. By allowing some things to happen in the past, we usually forget. Others went to look for a job. You, your uncle just called you and gave you a job. And you are never grateful about it. Rather, you are complaining about a boss and giving you a problem at work. All, you must have a work to have a boss and a troublesome. Some don't even have a work at all. Now talk of a troublesome boss. It's it. There are people listening to me now, not because of faith. You are, you just don't fall sick. If you ever fall sick at all, it has never passed malaria. Yet some are in the hospital chunking out millions. If it's not liver today, it's kidney tomorrow. And you are just, you. it's not that you obey the law of health. You will drink anything, Coca-Cola, Cola, Coca, whatever. But just somehow, you are just fine. Some people have never prayed about marriage. Even when they were not ready, people were already asking them out. Some people have never prayed, and we never pray about a child being stubborn. And know that you are present like that to train them. I get what I'm saying. 
Why is the Bible say that uh, the father was never there for them? There are many people that parents were never there for them. But they still turn out. Even some people here. They were never around. But you never went astray. God will let some things happen in your life effortlessly. As a seed. So that when you now meet an obstacle, you will remember that if out of 200 of us that left school, they just called me and gave me scholarship in a way I cannot explain. The same way also, property will open up in a way I cannot explain. Amen. But people don't remember all these things. And the Bible talks in the book of Deuteronomy, Moses used that word many times, I remember, remember, because to forget in the spirit is a serious sin and error. When Jesus said, beware of the living of the Pharisees and Sadducees, and they thought because they did not carry baskets. See the anger Jesus showed. He said, are you, is your ass still hard? That how many loaves do we multiply? He said, how come you are forgotten quickly? Why do we forget? Why do we forget so easily? You know, some people just meet me in the service and share a testimony. When you write your testimony, it's not for an open show. That's why we don't even ask people to come out. Just, there are people around. It reminds God that the power of God is still real. And that God will tell them also. It's a very powerful faith propeller. A woman comes to the church. She's wondering whether God will ever answer her barrenness. And she listens to a testimony. One of the people that came out that we prayed for that, that day. You know that last month or so, we had two sets of triplets in the church. And one triplet was born by a 47-year-old woman. They were... You will see her very soon with the baby because they're outside the country now. How many people are in this church that are married after 40? I, I, I can count like four. We let go. We forget. We forget. We forget. I will draw my own 11 testimonies and I will drop it also at the other house. You know, what I just asked you to do that for another day, you have never heard it in many places. I did hear it from many men. God said so because he gave a one and then he gave an instruction for that. He said, if they do, hanging blessings will be released. Nobody should joke with mercy encounter this out there. Please spread it around. Invite neighbors and friends to join. What we're about to do is not common. And you will see the result that will follow also that is not common. Let's rise. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast. You know, we never like to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Coming into Christ is beyond joining a church, is beyond a religion. It is joining God's family. And that is done when you believe in Christ Jesus. So I just want to lead you right away now. If you are, if you want to give your heart to Christ, just say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again and that you paid for my sins. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. And from today, I belong to you. If you have said those words, will be late. You are born again. You are part of God's family right now. You can go ahead and rejoice about it. God bless you. We love you. Stay blessed.